0: Been talking about fighting the enemy i'll go back over my base my base scriptures it says when the lord your god brings you into the land for you, which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you the hittites the gergesites the amorites the canaanites the perizzites the hivites the jebusites seven nations greater and mightier than you When the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show them mercy. Again, we have been looking at these seven enemies that are before us, uh, that the Lord delivers before us. We have stated, we have proved over the last few months that all scripture is for our benefit. And when we go and we do a study, do the Greek and Hebrew, Hebrew being the Old Testament study, on these words, we've been identifying how these enemies face us today. That even though the children of Israel faced these physical Hittites, these Ites, we we still face. Um, I don't want to say the remnant, but maybe the remnant of uh, of what these names mean. Um, if you read in scripture that a, a name is more precious than than jewels than rubies i think then i think is what it says but how significant a name is and we've already started looking it says in samuel 17 first samuel 17 uh oh i didn't finish it. Did i'm sorry i didn't keep clicking for you you know the scripture Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. The things that you're facing this week. That battle is God's. Give it to God. He has already won the victory for you. You don't know what the victory looks like. You're not supposed to know what the victory looks like. You're just supposed to know that the victory is yours. You know, the children of Israel sat out there 40 years when they could have gone in right away. They were already defeated then, and they already knew it. And these enemies that we have are already de- defeated, but Scripture tells us that we have to go conquer them. It tells us that they are bigger than us, but that we have victory over them. And by, through the Lord, we will conquer them. The first one we looked at was the Hittite, which is fear and dread. This is a spirit of anger. A spirit of fear. The next one we looked at. And again, try to apply this to your life. What do you have? How do these affect your life? How does fear and dread affect your life? Do you have a, a, a spirit of anger? Um, do you control people with your anger? Next is the Gergeshite. Ignorance or an inability to comprehend. This is not a physical shortfall. This is a spirit. You are not struggling mentally, but you have a spirit that is keeping you from maybe it going into your head. I'll tell you, even on vacation, I read my Bible and my focus was somewhere else. Have you ever done that? Have you ever tried to get into the word and do it for the right reasons, but your focus is somewhere else and you've read and you don't know anything you just read? You know, and I think that sometimes these things just try to get you, just try to sneak in. Let me take this away from you today. Can anybody relate? Next is the Amorite, the spirit of pride. This is so big that we want to rise up. We want to do it our way. We want to control people. We want to control God. We want to do our own thing. That's one of the greatest sins that we can do. It's the sin of Satan is to do our own thing. We want to rise up and do our own thing. We all want to do it. It is our nature to want to do that. We are all the time fighting our our flesh. Next is the Canaanite. This one's a biggie. The spirit of compromise, how easy it is to open that door, how easy it is to allow that enemy to get on your land. And then today, I hoped I could get through two of them, but I think I'll be lucky to get through one. The parasite, this word means open country, no walls, an unwalled city or village. It comes from the root deverative meaning. It's going to sound the same: having no walls or no boundaries or no restraint or to separate. I would hope that the interpretation of this ite is obvious. An individual lives with this. An individual that lives with this enemy will not refer to anyone when acting. He will not give account of himself to anyone. He lives without rules. Without laws, without principles, he is independent, lawless, disorderly, unruly, rebellious. He does not submit or obey because he lives in a world without boundaries. Purposely separates himself from others so that he does not have to be accountable to them. This is the spirit of power and control. And the lack of authority. This uh, again, can, can, can you see the significance of these enemies that we have? Go and do the study yourself of the seven. I could find clearly um, where, where I've been drawing this teaching from clearly six and I could get close to the seventh. I didn't want to dive into this teaching, which I've taught before without it being absolutely um, supported. And I encourage you get a Strong's dictionary or, or borrow one, a Strong's concordance. And do some word study. I'm telling you, what we read and what is there, there is so much more there than what we just read when we just pick up the Bible. It is so deep. It is so meaningful. And a lot of times the scripture that we've read doesn't mean exactly the way we've read it and believed it our whole life. But God had to deal directly with angels that had this kind of nature, and they were cast out of heaven. Lucifer had been given a certain measure of authority by God. But he decided to exceed his boundaries and attempt to exalt his throne above God's throne. One third of the angels joined God. I mean, joined Satan. One third of the angels of God joined Satan in, his rebe- in their rebellion because of their similar unwillingness to stay within lines that they've been given by the Lord. These fallen spirits are always looking for an opportunity to manifest their parasite nature through a willing human host. The kingdom of God, if you remember, and I've taught over the last few months about the kingdom of God works, on, works in, a, in a kingdom of authority. There is always an authority placed over you. And we've learned by scripture that that authority was placed by God for you. For you to be better for you to be protected, for you to blossom and to flourish and to prosper. Authority is good. If we can't get beyond this, you may be battling this right head on. I have heard it say that over kids and their parents and their teachers, parents say over kids, that teacher is not my child's authority. What are you teaching? What are you saying? I'm sorry, but when I leave, somebody better be in authority over my kid. My kid doesn't need to be at a place more, time, more hours awake than, than at home and have no authority and get to run and do whatever they want. My, I've got good kids, but without authority, they will stumble and fall. Fall. Take away the police for just a week and watch what would happen to our city. Authority is good. Praise the Lord for our authority. The kingdom of God operates on the principle of authority. Each position of authority has with it distinct limits or measures of rule. A Christian who lives his life overshadowed by this parasite cannot be given any authority by God because he will not stay within the allotted measure of rule. Paul the apostle talked about the limits of his aposto- apostolic authority to the Corinthian church. Look at this right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We however will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God has appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. verse 14. For we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was you that we came with the gospel of Christ. Parasites never do abide within their boundaries as determined by the Lord and as recorded in his word. For example, it's difficult to work with a parasite marriage because they refuse to accept any boundaries that the Lord has established for the husband and the wife. Uh, we, we have a lot of um, marriages, weddings happening right now, and I'm doing a lot of marriage counseling, and uh, it's, it's good for me. It's good for me to uh, remember what people that aren't married think. And it's good for me to remember what reality is in marriage. And sometimes, even as a married man, I forget the reality of marriage. And we start thinking of ourselves. You know, I've been talking about it a lot. And, you know, in my flesh, I'm a selfish person. In our flesh, we are selfish even with God. We want to do it our way. And it is a constant battle to battle the flesh. Let me tell you, flesh exists in marriage and you've got to battle it. You better battle it. I met with somebody recently and just was talking and, you know, he or she's not doing this and not doing that and not doing this and not doing that. And I'm like, you know what? You got to give. It's not all about you. Start investing. Y'all have heard me say this, start investing into the account of marriage, quit withdrawing, start investing. Same thing here. You know, I was reading today on a sermon that I'm, I'm kind of getting stirred about, and it's about being desperate for God and how, Being a child is being a sponge. A child is walking around learning at infinite levels. Every time they turn around, they learn something new. And that's how we are to be. We are to be in this word, soaking this in, drinking it in, asking, not not only being in the word, but asking the Lord to fill us with his spirit and being changed constantly to try to figure out how God wants it done so that we can have success. Does anybody want success in their life? It's here. It's here. This is where it's at. We try to get it everywhere else. But it's by the power of God. The battle is God's. You you know, the things that you're facing, I know, are so huge. But if you can realize they're God's. All right. Hallelujah. I can actually have a little bit of hope. I didn't say this Sunday, but we came home to a, uh, from vacation to a flooded basement. You know, and there was a, 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 th- a passing thought in our heads. God, we're, we're trying to live for you. We're trying to do everything right. We're, I mean, we're not. We're not doing everything right. But are you kidding? But in the natural, the water heater was 15 years old, rusting out the bottom and something had to give. But the battle's the Lord's. At first, we thought it was an outdoor leak. And if it was an outside leak, the insurance wasn't going to pay for it. Let me tell you, it was a dark day on vacation, the last day of our vacation. But before the end of the day, we found out the insurance was going to cover it. Well, hallelujah. Okay. Sun's starting to shine a little bit. And you know what? We're coming out of it. Going to come out of it better than before. The battle is the Lord's. And, and, you know, in the scope of what you're walking through, that may be very minor. You know, when it comes to your health or when it comes to, to foreclosure or bankruptcy, let me tell you, get it over to God now. Get it over to God now. Get in the word. Start praying. Start doing what you know that you can do. To get right with God and let God have the problem. Really, what control do you really have anyway? You can't make any more money between now and then. You've got your job. It's going to take a miracle. Well, put yourself in a position to receive a miracle. Quit doing the same thing and expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity. Do something different. Turn to God. Let him have it. Do not be a person that will not come under authority. Again, we go back to marriage. If a man doesn't want restrictions of these kind of boundaries, he should not get married. The same is true of the office of a wife. A man who dwells with a parasite in his land will get married and yet by his actions will refuse to fulfill the function of the husband. He may have a child and also ignore the Lord's right to set his measure of rule as a father over the child. This absence of lordship of the lordship of Christ in in the in his life could be manifested by his refusing to take primary role of disciplining his children by not providing for his children financially or by him refusing to give spiritual oversight to his family. Men, we have a job to do. In the same way. That the terms husband, wife, father, and mother denote certain limit limited measures of rule. The Bible is full of parameters, full of rules and laws and regulations and principles that set our boundaries in every situation. A Christian that's free of the parasite is constantly aware of the lines that have been measured to him by the Lord. You know, there's freedom in knowing where the boundaries are. There's freedom in knowing that if I don't cross the street, I won't get hit by a car. If I want to throw a football with my son, if, as long as we don't get in the street, the chances of us getting hit by a car are very little. Had a child ride in the car with me the other day, and we were talking about flying in an airplane. He said, I've flown two or three times, but I don't like it. It scares me. And I started telling him, I said, the chances of getting killed in an airplane are a lot less than getting killed in a car. You spend so much more time in a car. There's so many more cars around you. There's so much freedom to know what the boundaries are. We delight in knowing these boundaries and in dwelling within those lines. We find security in knowing that the Lord's reigns are always there to keep us from going astray and wandering into areas that are beyond his measure. Psalm 16, verse 5 says, O oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night season. In every circumstance, there is boundaries and laws that should regulate our behavior behavior. Why do we teach our kids to whisper in the library? I mean, the library is almost a lost art. We've got internet. We've got amazon.com. Why do we teach our kids to whisper and to correct their table manners at a restaurant? There are prescribed liberties and restrictions established by those in authority that govern behaviors in this environment. Last night, I, I, it's funny, I never cook, but I cooked something last night and um, Elizabeth was walking in and I had, we put on the iPod some uh, classical music and I told her then, I said, let's be real proper. So she just, we were eating peas and she was, you know, they know, they know what is expected. When we say, let's try to act right, what, is, what does she do? No elbows on the table. She's not letting the food hang out of her, and she doesn't do that, but I wasn't I wasn't letting the food hang out of my mouth and chewing with my mouth closed. They know. You know what? You know where these boundaries are. What, what happens to us when we get to Walmart and we've got a, a buggy full of 40 things and we stop in the 10 items or less line? <laughs> Did you hear all the... <sighs> And you're looking, and you're looking Are you thinking, I wonder if they even notice. Well, they're not going to say anything to me. We know what their rules are. They're not allowed to say anything to us. So why would we, why not just ignore the the statement? Or showing up late for school. Or late for work. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh. They may seem like small indiscretions, but lawlessness is the nature of Satan. We cannot serve God with the nature of this enemy. First Timothy 315, look how it's involved in the church and I'll close here. But if I'm delayed or tarry, I write to write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. I want you to catch this to know how to conduct yourself in the house of God which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. What is? The church is the pillar and the ground of the truth that you may know how to conduct yourself in the house of God. A parasite believer believes they can attend the church of their choice without submitting to the leaders that Christ has set in that fellowship. He has set in authority. God has set in authority his people to represent him. I encourage everybody here to drive the parasite out of their life by learning to love the yoke and the reins of the Lord. It says, thy rod, it comforts me. Thy rod and thy staff, it comforts me. It brings correction. It keeps That staff keeps off the enemy, but it also keeps me from falling in a hole. That staff also has got that hook in it to help pull me out of the hole. It may not feel good getting pulled out of the hole, but how many would like to be pulled out of the hole, even if it hurts a little bit? Romans 13, verse 1 says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, "Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, from upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light." Isaiah 9, verse 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. To order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. It's important that we do not allow this enemy to take root in our children and ourselves at work, at church at school, um, in your marriage, in your family. Drive it out. That doesn't mean you go and you be some dictator and you overrule someone. No, deal with you. Deal with the authorities over you. Get that right. Amen. Father, thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for your power and your presence. Lord, we've got such a big list that we need to pray for. And, Lord, there are so many heart issues on this list tonight, Lord. Lord, we just ask for breakthrough. I just ask Jehovah Rophi, the Lord, our healer, Lord, to just infiltrate this list, to just breathe, to just speak over this list. Lord, and according to your word and according to your power and your authority, we just speak in the name of Jesus, healing into this list. So I just lay my hands on this list. I just proclaim healing over this list. Thank you, Lord. Give us breakthrough. We just pray for for this week. We pray for the financial burdens that may be facing us. We pray for the family burdens that may be facing us. I pray for the health burdens that may be facing us. And the school is about to start. Lord, help our children. Get off on the right step. Get off strong. Be influencers, not influencees. The spirit of God come upon them and let us have a breakthrough year in our schools. Just bless our church. Bless Pastor Stephen. Lee has lost her grandmother this week. We just pray for them and for comfort and for peace. I just thank you, Lord. You're so good.